Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Jack and Joe Show. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness. Welcome to another episode of the Jack and Joe Show with me, Jack Heskin Taylor. Me, John McCarthy. And today we are here with Brett. Brett Fidge, how are you, Brett? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Oh, good now, eh? How's the uh, current market going for you? Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, exciting, interesting, um, worrying, a bit of everything, to, to be honest. Um, yeah. And it's, it's all a bit surreal, really, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, kind yeah. of feels, feels like, like we're in like a zombie a... apocalypse. Yeah, 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 yeah. It feels like I'm in a Will Smith movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, obviously, it's, you know, it's so unknown. None, none of us have been here. Well, I, I wasn't really in the last recession, but... Um, none of us have been in this specific specific sort of circumstance. So I think it's all a bit of a day by day, hour by hour sort of situation. It's all unfolding yeah. pretty quickly. And obviously depending on, you know, how, how it plays out, um, we, none of us really know how long this is going to go on for. So mm. I think um, it's exciting. Most of all, I think I'm kind of excited because obviously we're all in the same boat. So for, for me, that takes the fear away. We're all in the same boat. Yeah, so yeah. we're all in it together. Whereas if it was just a property crash or just, I don't know, just, just finance or I don't know, just, just sort of specifically one industry, I think you'd be more concerned. But I think the fact this is everyone, yeah. kind of, for me, that takes away all the fear and all this kind of stress, really. Good point. Okay, all right. Um, basically, what I think we'd like to, to sort of start off with, Brett, is, um, yeah. is your story and your background. I know me and Joe have been to your event and, we, and we've heard it. It is it's definitely interesting. It would be great to, to share it with everyone else and just sort of go back from where it first started with, with property and, and sort of what you did growing up. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. How, how long have we got? Because this is a tendency <laughs> to, <laughs> to drag this on. So, now, okay, so yeah, just a quick, quick overview from the very beginning, really. Um, I grew up on a on a, an organic cattle farm in the southeast of South Australia yeah. and uh, kind of knew pretty quickly that I wasn't going to take over the family business, which was the farm that was um, very, well, to me, it was bleak. Um, I think it was you so sort of reliant on rainfall and all that sort of thing. So many things out of your control that, I don't know, it was a great lifestyle, but it just, it just wasn't the future that I wanted. Um, I got yeah. the idea of investing in property when I was, quite young a little kid i was i was at my dad's house and he had a friend who was sitting on the couch all day and and i said to dad i was like you know what, what's buddha do for a job and he chuckles and looks around and everyone laughs and they go oh yeah he uh could it's kind of implying that he was he was lazy or just you know a bit, bit thick or something yeah and then uh, he goes yeah he he lives on rent money I'm like what? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So there, there I was. Like, I think I was about eight or you know eight years old or something. And I said, "Yeah, boom, light bulb. There we go." So, so from literally from that point on, I was I was started saving my pocket money as a little kid. Still, so I was like, "I'm going to buy houses. I'm going to live on rent. I'm not going to work my whole life." I knew straight away. And then, uh, sort of growing up, I was uh, not very good at school. I wasn't school wasn't for me. Growing up in a small country town. I was kind of like you either get you either you're either good at school when you went to university. I wasn't. I was never going to. 
or you drop out and you go work on a farm or you do a trade with a local uh, contractor or something. And so I, th- I saw, you know, that I wanted to, to build houses and renovate houses and, and rent them out. And I, I thought I'd just buy them, fix them up and rent them out. So I dropped out of school pretty quickly, as quick as I could, did a carpentry apprenticeship yeah, got signed off in you know as quick as I could, and got my trade, and then went and worked in the mining industry in, in Australia, sort of earning like a lot of money for a teenager, and uh, yeah, and then I bought my first house just as just as I turned twenty, I bought my first house in Spartanburg, mm. South Carolina, which is like over in the U.S. And yeah, just a touch, even just a touch on that, like how did you find managing that property from such a far distance away? Fantastic question. <laughs> and it kind of leads me to where I am now <laughs> with great difficulty. I mean, at first it was all right. At first it was good. For the first year or two, it was good. Um, Why did you invest there, Brett? Yeah, another great question. So um, when I was in, when I was living in Adelaide I, and I was saving up this money and working in the mines, I'd, I'd basically saved the best part of 50 grand uh, oh. Australian dollars. And well, I, was, I think I was 18 or 19 at the time, which is a pretty good effort for an 18, 19 year old. Yeah. Considering I just finished my carpentry apprenticeship, but I, I was, I was the time I was relentless. Um, and, and I knew what I wanted. I think that was the biggest thing. I knew what I wanted. So decisions were easy. And so how, why I bought in the U S well, because I saw that I could buy a whole house for the, for the price of a deposit versus like compared to Australia. So I was like, well, I could either buy a whole house in the U S or, try and save up for a deposit and own you know, 25% of a house here. So I was like, to me, not knowing what I know now, to me, that was the right thing to do. I, I just went all in. So I was like, okay, yeah. Um, and, and because I think I'd saved so much money so quickly, I thought, well, you know, I got, and, and I think at that point, I was, well, I was definitely naive um, and inexperienced. I just thought, you know, I had more money than brains basically. I just thought, yeah, let, let's just roll the dice. If I get it wrong, I'll just go again. So I did. I rolled the dice. Um, I didn't actually get it wrong. I, I, I did all right. Like I, it was a decent investment. Um, I went. I, my plan was, yeah, I want to just go over there because I'd heard of like international investment companies ripping people off and all that sort of stuff. And I definitely didn't know how to do d- due diligence like I do now. But at the time, I had my mum's. Um, accountant look into the company and so on and so forth and they were they were a real legitimate company so i went for it and sort of fast forward to six 12 months i think i went over there um traveling around had my 21st in las vegas with a couple mates which was you know part holiday part like part business part pleasure (laughs) trip Um, and then and then we uh, had a bit of a road trip through america stopped off at these this house in in spartanburg we were driving from Louisiana up to New York doing this long road trip for like two or three months and stopped in at um, uh, Spartanburg and I, I couldn't pay anyone because I, like, I didn't have that much money with me. But I, I picked up a couple backpackers along the way at different hostels and I was like, Oi, jump in the car with me. I'll take you to Spartanburg. I can't pay you, but I'll pay for your food and accommodation for a couple of weeks and we'll go paint my house. So we did that <laughs> and uh, it worked well. It was all good. And then come home, the rent was coming in while like I'm traveling around, rent's coming in. I met the family. They were a lovely family. It was all going well. So I come back to Australia, went to the mines back, like went back to the mines, went again, saved up a load of cash again, bought another one about a year later. Um, and that was all going well. And yeah, so like at this point I'm 21 and I was, I had a, had a management company on the ground so i met her as well obviously whilst i was there you know she was managing the properties for me and 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 everything was going well and i thought like i was onto a winner so to answer the the question joe for the first couple years the management was was a walk in the park it was easy everything was going to plan and i was pretty happy yeah and then um kind of off topic i i had a motorbike accident which was a bit of a life-changing experience uh I'd nearly, I was nearly paralyzed. I was temporarily paralyzed. Um, and for like, for, for like 10 or 12 hours, I couldn't feel or move my legs, um, which was pretty wow. scary. So a bit of a life changing moment. I'm, I, was, I was flying 
it's getting flown like on the emergency airplane from from the f- town where I grew up in into the city and what? Sh- strapped into you know when they you see in the like the, the movies and they take someone out of the car accident or whatever and they strap them in one of them things yeah um, yeah like a spinal brace so I was in one of them and couldn't move couldn't feel or move my legs and I'm in the plane just thinking like oh, good deal. like <laughs> this could this could be like this i could be in a wheelchair and like best case scenario um, or potentially worse rather so um the best case scenario you know it's all good because at that time that i i had a doctor assess me in in the town where i fell off the bike and he's like oh, i don't think your back's broken i was like, oh, i can't move my legs mate so <laughs> something's going on yeah so they're like yeah all right, let's get you on a plane so yeah so scary scary sort of plane ride into into the city and and in that moment i was i said you know what stuff the mines stuff the houses stuff all this let's just park it for a few years and and go travel so um so that's what i did i went i went traveling all over europe just living it up like a little madman that's that's what i thought the plan was and then (laughs) which was going well i saw a lot of europe had a lot of good fun um and then i met my missus in 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 greece when we were traveling around and another that's another long story but turns out uh, we met in greece she lives 100 meters away from me in london what and yeah yeah yeah, so so we we started dating pretty much just straight away when we got back and then we got married like a year later it all just fell into place ridiculously quickly um because neither of us were looking for a relationship at that point in our lives but when we met it was it kind of just i don't know it, it just kind of threw a spanner in the works it wasn't really what i had planned but <laughs> <laughs> you know you know so um yeah so that's the yeah met viola and then um when i realized i was staying in the uk it was time to sell the properties and then this was right about the time as well that going back to your question joe about the the management this is when it all started to go pear-shaped so i think this was what year was this 2015 i think in 2015 or it might have been just before we got married all of a sudden my rent stops coming in Ooh. <laughs> yeah we've kind of all heard this story in, in one way or another but basically uh yeah the rent stops coming in and I was still relatively young, very, very inexperienced com- compared to where I'm at now and kind of didn't really know how to, how to do business, how to solve problems, how to definitely didn't really know how, well, I didn't know at that time how to sell a property in the US when I was in the UK. I had no clue. Like, I, was, I was oblivious. I was naive, oblivious and um, yeah, just kind of, I'd taken my eye off the ball, yes, but at the same time, um, I was taken advantage of, plain and simply. Um, the, the lady, the lady and her company who were meant to be managing them, I still don't know what happened. Pretty well started collecting rent and just not paying it on, so I, I don't know what happened to them. But they well, something something went pear shaped, and the they don't exist anymore. They're not there. Um, and anyway, me and a lot of other investors basically lost like a lot of money. Um, like I say, long story short, ended up, ended up getting the keys into the hands of a local realtor and he, he flipped them for me. But I worked out that I'd lost from all the money I'd saved up from like that little kid all the way up to working through the mines and my apprenticeship and all the rest of it. Um, I'd worked out that I'd lost 72% of the money that I'd put in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It was heavy. It was heavy. And very to, to be honest, I probably would have lost. Well, I would definitely would have lost more. I would have almost lost all of it. But the thing that saved me was when I bought in the U S the, the Australian dollar versus the U S dollar was well in my favor that the the australian dollar was so high compared to the us dollar the highest it had been for a long time so i caught a break there and then then the same thing when i took the money from the us to the uk it was it was in my favor like massively again so i saved i don't know 10 20 percent there um and then 
yeah, my missus and I, we we moved up to Liverpool because, um, you know, like like a lot of guys in the market. Yeah, um, like myself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly like yourself, Joe. Just did the research. Liverpool was hot. Um, like both. To me, it was... I, I did. I researched Hull, Leeds, Sheffield, Manchester, and Liverpool. And to me, Liverpool was by far not only like the, just the coolest city, but the strongest property market. You know, economic future was the most exciting from all the research I'd done, and just but the culture was easily the best. I thought so. Just to me, it was a no-brainer. So like, we came up here. We came up here one weekend. Um, uh, Viola and I did probably I know, three or four viewings on some houses came back I did a, I came back on my own the weekend after viewed a flat and then we moved up like a couple of weeks after that moved into that flat so we were we moved up here pretty quickly within within a couple of months like of uh, well within a few months of making the decision but um, yeah we, we were up here and then that was the end of 2015 so basically yeah since from the, two, the end of 2015, nothing really happened. I was sort of just sort of running around town, viewing houses and putting in silly offers. And then yeah. at the beginning of 2016, when, when it kind of started for me, that was when we, we started managing a few HMOs here and there. Um, yeah. I was doing a lot of networking. Um, I did some, some property training in London as well before I moved up here. And I did... Uh, I did a lot of networking through that. And then obviously when I got up here, I continue. I'm just naturally a lot. I like networking. So I just naturally have done lots of it. And then I kept, kept getting tapped on the shoulder saying, yeah, you're managing HMOs. And I said, well, not really. At the time, my, my, my business partner and I, at the time, um, we, we were looking to do rent to rents together. And then we just weren't finding the deals that we wanted. And, but meanwhile, we were getting asked to manage HMOs. So it kind of, uh, you know, we, we thought maybe maybe there's an opportunity here for a management company. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we just got kind of looked into the market to see what everyone were doing, and yeah, I just saw an opportunity for for a HMO management business. There was no one in town who really I felt were were that passionate about managing HMOs, particularly professional house shares there's quite a few student agents around but no one managing professional house shares bricks and mortar don't complain like the the key part of what we do at now rooms is obviously our processes and procedures and and getting rooms filled and everything and keeping them filled and keeping properties maintained is is massively important and, and the physical makeup of a of an hmo is huge it's absolutely huge like compared yeah. to like I've got quite a few friends who run traditional agencies and, and then they have one or two HMOs on their books. And I don't know why they don't just give them to me because <laughs> like a lot of them do, but there's a couple of guys who just hold on to one or two and all they do is complain. They're like, Oh, there's, there's tenants asking me to sort out their Wi-Fi. I'm like, mate, you're managing an HMO. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's what you do. Like, <laughs> It's a different model. It's not a house. You're not just putting a family in there and collecting rent for the next ten years. Like, it's an HMO. It's it's a it's a moving operation day by day. Yeah, it needs day by day constant attention. And if you're not prepared for that, then it's just not going to work. So, I think um, a lot of agents. That, and this is what I realized when I started looking into the other agents when I moved up here. And and, and in 2016, I realized like a lot of these agents. I was asking them basic fire safety questions and they're just tripping over their tongue. I'm like, clearly you guys don't know what you're doing. You're, you, yeah. you, you either don't know what you're doing or you, you're not that enthusiastic about it. So, um, I mean, a few of them knew, a few of them did, but not, not many. Um, yeah. I just saw opportunities. So, so that was it really. So, um, but yeah, no, they, they're definitely a different beast to, to a single that uh, yeah. most definitely but um to to, to to sort of make make the point that i'm getting to here is it's the cultures within the house that is our greatest value at now rooms that that's our greatest value is our ability to establish and direct and maintain the cultures within the house because if you get that right 
then the rest of it is easy. The house, the, the house will physically manage itself. They, they will look after it. They will maintain it. They will, they will do, they'll repair it. They will help out. They will help clean. They'll clean ovens. They'll clean toilets. They'll do whatever you want them to do. Yeah. If the culture and the dynamic in the house is right. But if you get that wrong, then the rest of it is, it's like a domino. It is literally the domino effect. If you get the culture wrong, then the dominoes just trickle the, the wrong way. And, yeah. and everything just spirals out of control. But um, So, yeah, it's all about the culture to go back to, to the original question or to the original point that Joe made, for sure. Yeah, yeah. okay. So where is now rooms now? Can just anybody listening that, that may not may not have looked at the Liverpool area so much or may not have heard of yourselves yet, like what are now rooms doing and who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that question. We are a specialist HMO management company. We have been around for four years and we have basically, we're in the strongest position that we've ever been. And we continue yeah. to develop our position on a daily, month, monthly, weekly, daily basis. Um, we are genuinely striving to bring change to the house share industry, particularly in Liverpool, but it, you know, soon to be sort of the rest of the country really and set the standard for, for what property management should be and could be because we're in a day and age where you've got Amazon on your phone who deliver the same day and they've got our app on their phone, which should be without fail every single day, every single time they can fix something like that the same day. But unfortunately we're not quite there yet. Um, and general lettings and management are nowhere near there. So the, the, the stories that we see in here and the scenarios we come across on a daily basis about the way tenants get looked after, I think it's to me, well, it's sad to hear a lot of it. Um, not, not all of it. I'm not saying that the lettings industry and the property management industry is doom and gloom, but it's just yeah. definitely not what it could be. And, and I don't, I don't see, I don't see any company who's as driven and, as and as aspired as what we are i promise you that i promise anyone listening to this no one's as driven as what we are to to seriously just raise the bar above and beyond anything that has ever been seen before so um i think who are we 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 are yeah like i say a house share management company we want to we're building a community we're building a community of tenants like-minded individuals who come together and they, they instantly meet friends. When they move into one of our properties, they've instantly got friends because we're matching them with the, with the right dynamic, like we said before. Yeah. We're, we're matching, the, we're getting the cultures and the dynamics right in the houses. And then because of all the cultures, dynamics are right within each individual house, across the board, our dynamic is harmonious. Our tenant community is harmonious. So when they all come together, it's always good vibes, which is what we do. We bring our tenants together, Christmas parties, five-a-side football, crazy nice. golf, that sort of thing. Um, admittedly, we, we're not doing as many events yet as what we want to be doing, but fast forward into the future, we're gonna have thousands and thousands of tenants across Liverpool, across the Northwest, across the country and we're going to be hosting huge events like festivals and parties and um are you guys familiar with bongo bingo yeah yeah i've been quite yeah, a few yeah, times. yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's the kind of stuff we're going to be doing so um and and hiring out like huge venues and where tenants can come to one of our houses they know they're going to get 24 hours so it's boom 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 boiler pops boom we're there same day new boiler new whatever new whatever it takes um, nice. same thing with the ovens the whatever it is what you know they're not waiting a day two days three days it's the same day like literally yeah. rapid fire so they're going to have a, a level of, of property management service that is is far above and beyond anything they've ever experienced before yeah and on top of that they're going to be a part of a community where they've got hundreds and thousands of not hundreds of thousands, but <laughs> hundreds <laughs> and thousands of I mean, potentially at some point, maybe, but um, definitely like up a thousand, we're going to have a thousand, like we're not that far off having a community of over a thousand tenants. So, um, and then it's going to be 2000 and 3000 and 10,000. So they're yeah. going to be part of a community and part of a club and they're all going to have uh, discount loyalty cards as well. We've already got them made up. 
and we've got businesses who want to they, they all want to jump on board with what we're doing so they, yeah. they move into one of our properties they get a, a loyalty card and then they've got 10 percent off here 15 percent off there so just like that we're going to have the same thing for all of our like thousands of tenants you know they can go to any business with their loyalty card in liverpool and get a discount um, nice. and then have regular events and meetups and social gatherings and all that sort of thing because that's the biggest thing nowadays that's the biggest thing we see is like majority because 80 percent of our tenants are working professionals currently with, with our current portfolio how that's going to develop uh don't know don't know exactly to be honest whether that'll go yeah. up or down but the ratio but the point being is we're heavily involved in the young professional market and we probably will be more so going forward and the young professionals are out of those 80 percent 90 percent are new to Liverpool. They don't know anyone in Liverpool. Some of, a lot of them have never been to Liverpool. They don't know anywhere in Liverpool to go for a drink, for a hamburger, whatever it is. They don't know. Yeah. So, you know, if we're putting that, if we're putting um, Jack or Joe who are moving into one of our houses and they're moving into Liverpool, we're putting them in the perfect house with the perfect setting of friends that they're going to be instantly friends with. They're going to have a good life. They're going to have a good time. Um, and that's that's yeah. what it's all about. That's what we're doing. So since uh, I've had two new business partners invest in, into the business last year, um, as my previous business partner, I had to step out with with other focuses. So since working with my two new partners, they they have various businesses in in different sectors, but predominantly focused around property. Uh, it, it's Sean Sean O'Neill and Yuri from the Adore Group. In summary, it's uh, basically. I mean, when you, when you when you enjoy who you're working with and what you're doing, then then obviously you, you want to do it better. So, I I really enjoy working with my two new business partners, and I think I think the reason why they've been able to add so much value to me and now rooms specifically is because one of their businesses in particular is a, a rental portfolio of city centre apartments and they the way they they manage and they operate that portfolio is that um they, they lease it all it's all rent to rent so they're effectively their own landlord um for the for the most part um which means they you know they they, they make their own decisions and and they they call their own shots and they they're able to deliver and at, well, prioritize and focus all of their time energy and effort on their tenants and I think that's the biggest thing that the, the value that they possess which which I'm and now rooms rather is is embodying and kind of has always been embodying but um, with with this guidance yeah. from from a doors and sexy property um, we're, we're seeing now how to do that how to focus more time and energy and effort on the tenants because ultimately if the tenants are happy then they, they look after the property, number one. They stay longer, number two. And they pay their rent on time, number three. And if they're doing that, then the landlord's going to be happy. And if the landlord's not happy yeah. and all those three things are happening, well, then there's something wrong with the landlord most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the fact that they've been able to help us, um, you know, to develop a culture and an ethos where, where all of that's <clears throat> happening and happening so quickly and happening so well as well. I think that that's really, I think, yeah. where the, the success comes from. Okay, okay, that's great, Brett. Just with reference to um, the, the Liverpool market and the HMO market, have you got any sort of um, any sort of advice on on the way the market's gone recently um, sure. and the current market as well? Yeah, sure. Let, let's should we break this down? So we'll, we'll say like hypothetically up to a week ago before before the virus has sort of come in. Yeah. So let, let's just assume before before all this happens. So essentially, um, the Liverpool HMO market was becoming very, very busy and very active um, in the last two to three years, particularly. Well, since I've, I've, I've only been here four years, mind you. So in the last, however, in those four yep. years, it's changed drastically. I've seen it tra- change quite a bit. So... Um, I mean, when I when I got here, I thought it was difficult to find deals. Now I think it's, I mean, it's not impossible. Nothing's impossible, but 
it's it's very difficult like it's extremely difficult to find good deals particularly if you're looking for something like a a cheap cheap you know dilapidated property that you want to renovate and uh, you know refinance and pull all your money out i mean they they are very very few and far between and i think okay. the amount of people looking for them i think if they if if all of the people knew how many people they were actually fishing in the same pond with then i think well a lot of them would give up and i think a lot of them do give up that's the thing i think people underestimate uh how much competition there is at the moment i think it's it's because it's very exciting you've got a lot of seminars boasting about you know how you can be financially free and all <laughs> sort of thing i mean the yeah. market as the market itself it's becoming competitive um it is definitely coming competitive so to give you an overview when i moved here four years ago it was you know you could easily rent a double room to a working professional for on average about 350 pounds now it's more like 300 pounds and it's got it can't be an average room anymore it's got to be like a nice quirky sort of fancy to a degree this is without non-suite right yeah so um but yeah. I, and the ensuite things are another story altogether so now i mean a double room is even becoming harder and harder to rent out whereas only three four years ago you rent just like this like no problem but now it's like it is more and more on suites if it kind of if you if you're looking to go out and develop hmos and you're not even considering on suites then i'd say you're definitely definitely behind the eight ball if if you're i mean i'm not saying you have to have an ensuite in every single room but if you're not trying to get them in then you're behind the eight ball um you need yeah. to catch up because the market is definitely 100 percent going towards on suites if, if not the fact that it's already there basically um and rents in general have dropped a bit obviously article fours come in in a few different places um mm. in saying all this though and, and i was kind of you know getting a bit of a, a chip off my shoulder before about all these it was not really a chip it's kind of i kind of feel sorry for a lot of these uh, new people coming into the market which is kind of where i was a few years ago i yeah. think i was perhaps a little bit less sort of full of false hope um with compared to some some of the people i, I meet with today because um there's so many people who think that you can find like uh, still today I, I don't know how um how this is still happening but there's so many people who think that they can get a, a standard three bed terraced house and just convert the the reception the front reception room to a fourth bedroom you're going to have four tenants sharing one bathroom and have basic furniture basic interior decor and you're just going to rent out four rooms and you've got to be a hundred percent occupied this is the other thing they, they all base their figures a lot of a lot of uh will probably come on to mistakes i guess but uh, a lot of uh, the main mistake i see people predicting their cash flow forecasts on best possible case scenarios that's that's the biggest mistake yeah um, but yeah, I mean, the market as a whole, there's definitely, there's 100%, there's opportunities. There is still opportunity. And I'll tell you why. Because there is so many of these, and I, I kind of keep gravitating towards the, the amateurs and, and the people who, who are sort of starting out. Um, because there's so many of them, there's so many, there's a plethora of just basic, bog standard, below par average rooms. Um, yeah. And because of that, there's a reputation that, well, because of that and the fact that there's a lot of student tired, empty student stock, because of them, there's a lot of uh, reputation around Liverpool. The Liverpool HMO market, oh, it's saturated. There's no opportunity in Liverpool. That's not true. That's not true at all. The reason why people say that is because, one, there's an oversupply of bog standard boring. Actually, yeah, that, that's, I know you said number one. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because I heard that of someone about three or four months ago as well. Completely separate, like a completely different thing that there's an oversaturation um, only for the bog standard, you know, things are, that, that are subpar when it comes to the HMO rooms. But um, yeah. there's not an oversaturation. 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. When I got to Liverpool, the main thing that I was coming across was tired tired student landlords 
Yeah, we've yeah. seen a few of them. We have a few, yeah, we have a few. But um, the thing is, because of the way the market was, well, I mean, we're talking about what, you know, mid-March, end of March, um, you know, we're talking back like January and February. Yeah. These landlords that we were talking to had a big expectation of the property values that they wanted to sell. Oh, they were yeah, talking like yeah, say, the Kensington area, Wavertree area. Mm. Um, but like their expectations were high because there was such a demand at the time yeah. for properties. Yeah. No, but obviously that's that's changing now. So, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, like I mean, they were you know the rooms that they were providing were bog bog standard. I'm yeah. talking brown carpets, magnolia <laughs> walls, if even that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, just based based on that, Brett. So obviously there is a lot of new people coming to Liverpool. Everyone's raving about Liverpool at the moment, especially HMOs, buy refurb, refinance. What's what's the most common mistakes that you see people do? when they come up to Liverpool or if someone's made an investment and then they come to you to rent the rooms out, what's, what's normally a common mistake? Yeah. Great question. Um, all right. There's, so there's off the top of my head, there's two that spring to mind, which is, which are the biggest mistakes, the biggest, biggest, biggest mistakes that I see over and over and over again. And I kind of mentioned one a little bit before my advice to these two mistakes would be, I'll say this before, because I want to start off on a positive note. Um, my advice would be don't just listen to what you've been told by someone somewhere and just assume that it's true. Yeah. Get, get frontline advice from someone who's doing what you want to do where you want to do it. Yeah. And that that's, that's applicable to anything in business or in life. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak to an expert on, I don't know, uh, running a, um, a chiropractor practice in Liverpool and then go and try and set one up in Miami. I mean, yeah. yes, they're going to have similarities, but they're completely different in the, uh, not industries, completely different markets, completely different well, clientele to a degree. Like it's, a, it's yeah. a different climate. It's completely different. So don't just assume that what you can do here, you can do over there. That That's, that's the thing. So the, the advice is, speak to someone who's doing what you're doing where you want to do it and they're doing it successfully that's the biggest thing right okay so if you if you just keep that in mind then then what i'll say now kind of you know it it will be a bit better accepted i think so the biggest mistake hands down is uh people and amateur investors base their their cash flows on the best possible case scenario yeah at best, at worst, they're basing it on unrealistic or completely, completely impossible case scenario. <laughs> so, okay, so let's just sum up this point, right? So, I was only speaking to to a girl a few days ago. Um, she 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 messaged me on Facebook, and she's asking me about, like I said before, the the, the four bedrooms, one bathroom model, um, in in an area that I would say the desirability for rooms would be about a three out of 10 yeah. and the room rates realistically for a double room, cause they were all doubles, no en suites. The room rates for that, for those double rooms in that area realistically would be about 250 max, really, yeah. maximum. If you were lucky, 275 to 300 pounds, if you were lucky. Yeah. And she's, right. she's come back to me with a gross rental figure, which, it was four two five per room. I don't know who she'd been listening to, but I genuinely felt so sorry for her that she was so misled. But she she was trying to tell me that she knew what she's talking about. I actually know that that's that's so far from reality that you're going to make a huge mistake. And she was in legal. She she was trying to take this property on a five year lease. And oh, she had to no. a contract. I'm like, I'd, I'd saved it. Well, I believe. Financial destruction. That could have been a bad deal, or bad deal. It's every day. Like if we see this every day, like where we're sitting at now, rooms, we see this every day, and that, and and a lot of them are looking at their first deal because they they don't really make it to their second one, to be quite honest. Because if they if this is what their first one looks like, that's why they don't get any further. Mm. And we're seeing this so often, and this is why it's kind of. yeah, no, I really want to, I really want to sort of, I hope this message comes from a good place because, well, I hope it's received, you know, the way it should be because this, this is really important to me. And yeah. 
to us at our rooms because we, we deal with this so often. So that's the first thing. They, they base their scenario on the, on the best possible case scenario. Um, yeah. The second thing is, they, like I said about the, the advice, they, they, they get told by someone in, let's just say hypothetically, Birmingham or somewhere else, <laughs> um, or you know, in London or God knows, or online, someone who's probably not even in the UK, and they come into Liverpool and they're going, oh, um, you know, I heard that you can do this, 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 and this. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to rent out these rooms. I'm going to pr provide this, um, I don't know, these, these amenities, these bathrooms, these room sizes, whatever it is, um, the, the sense of decor. It's like, you need to know what's happening in your market. Knowing your market, to say understand your market that's such a broad term what understanding your market means is understanding not the age range of tenant you're going to rent to but exactly who you're going to rent to understand the person who you're going to rent to is it going to be a doctor working at the royal liverpool hospital okay yeah. how far yeah. does he want to walk to work does he want to walk to work does he want to catch a bus you know, how big of a room does he need? What sort of furniture does he need? What sort of decor in his, in his room does he want? You know, uh, how much fridge space is he going to need? How much lounge mm. space is he going to need? Is he going to want to live with lots of people or few people? Is he going to want to live with people his same age? Is he going to want to live with older people, younger people? This is knowing your market. Knowing your market yeah. is not just thinking, yeah. oh, yeah, they're going to rent a room for £325. And I'm going to rent to a professional. That's not knowing your market. That's yeah. knowing a very broad bracket, you know. Um, yeah. I think that, that's the biggest thing. People thinking what they can do somewhere else. And we mm. see this. I mean, this is not something we see amateur investors. We see a lot of London investors make this mistake because they say, oh, well, down in London, we do this. And I said, well, I used to live in London and it's damn so different to what it is like living in Liverpool. So what makes yeah. you think you can do here what you can do down there? If you know what your target market is going to be, like, I mean, that just makes... It makes it so much better to be able to like, you know, from a marketing perspective, like if you know what your end avatar is for that particular property, well then, yeah, like we discussed earlier, like, you know, you'll be able to pick and choose, you know, who's going to work with who in regards yeah. to who's living there, you know? Yeah, spot on, Joe, spot on. And I think for us, we're kind of fortunate, to be honest, because we, because we manage so many properties across Liverpool, we don't... We don't need to know each individual. Like we're, we're not buying specific properties. So for us, we kind of have a broad perspective of, and this is the other thing we get asked, oh, what's the HMO market like? I said, well, what HMO market? There's so many little micro markets, you know, like yeah. are we talking about like, and, and just to say blue collar workers is, is quite broad. It's like, Blue collar, yeah, but what part of Liverpool? Um, yeah. you know, white collar workers, graduates, young graduates, older graduates, um, master's students, like postgrad masters, undergrads. Um, you know, uh, the DSF. We don't do any DSS in our rooms, but uh, there's all there's loads of different micro markets. So I mean, yeah, we're, we're obviously talking holistically about the HMO market as a whole. But when when people ask us from an investment point of view well, you know, where's a good area? So, well, based on what? You need, we need to know, we need to know, uh, you know, well, first of all, what your budget is, how much funds you got available. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, how big you want to go because that, that's going to determine what part of Liverpool you're buying and what sort of clientele you're looking to target, what you're looking to spend on a refurb, if anything at all. So you come to the, the just the free networking event, didn't you? So, yeah. Um, yeah, so basically we... Going back in 2017, I think, or might have even been at the end of 2016, we were getting some of the people, right, I'd sat on the training with in London, were phoning me up. This was sort of when Now Rooms were starting to really launch and kick off. And they'd phone up and they'd say, Brett, 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 yeah, yeah, we met at, you know, such and such course. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, how are you getting on? Fantastic. Just bought a, bought a HMO. I'm like, okay, brilliant. And they're like, yeah, it's out in postcode L72 or something. I'm thinking, <laughs> I've never even heard of this. Like, <laughs> and it's like, it turns out it's out in Wigan or something. I'm like, 
I mean, <laughs> we can might be a good market. I don't know. I don't. I don't go outside the uh, Queen's Drive, but um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So we were getting calls like investors buying all over the shop, and it was it was kind of sad and scary to watch, to be honest. So we said, um, you know, let's let's put together like a, a little one day training seminar, teach everyone. We'll teach all these prospective buyers who are looking at the market um, everything they need to know about Liverpool. So before before I moved up to Liverpool, I spent probably six months. When I decided I was going to invest in Liverpool, I spent six months researching it before we moved up here. Um, sort of learning about the council and the selective licensing that, that just kicked off at the time. And, um, you know, the market, the problem. I was, at that time, I was focused more on buy to let, mind you wasn't until I got here I realized I was going to do HMO but um, just studying the city as a whole which you need to do if you're going to invest in in the market you need to study it you need to you need to learn the market before you invest in definitely 100% which I mean you guys obviously know being both active here day to day you see how many people just they, they kind of just expect you to well to share like you, you, your experience and expertise for nothing as well <laughs> like they, they don't realize I think a lot of it is they don't realize like how much work you actually put in. That's the thing. Yeah. Provided a lot of free uh, information and time to investors that we thought would be investors, but, you know, just never pulled the trigger. But that time and energy spent doing all that research and showing them around different properties, it just takes months. Yeah. Months. months exactly. Yeah. 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 Months and months. So, I mean, this is, this is what we were saying. So like, I, cause I know what I went through. I know what I went through to gain the level of knowledge that I had to gain before I was confident that I was going to make an investment and, and it was going to work and it was going to work well. And I know how much effort and time and energy I put into that, to gaining that knowledge. And I saw that other investors who had done the training with were not doing anywhere near the level that we were doing. So we just thought, okay, well, why not just give them what they want? They want all the knowledge. We'll give it to them in one day. They walk in not knowing anything about Liverpool or HMOs or HMOs in Liverpool. And they walk out knowing exactly where to buy, what to buy, how much it's going to rent for, what the demand's going to be, how to present it, how to refurb it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's what we did. We started the Liverpool HMO training day. We've been doing that for three years now. It's, uh, we've got some phenomenal case studies with people just walk in, not, like I said, not knowing anything about Liverpool or the HMO market and they walk out, they do exactly what we tell them. They buy exactly where we tell them. And then their properties are averaging 99% occupancy, um, huge, huge, huge rental rates. Like some, some of the properties on our portfolio, the highest performing are people who've come through our HMO day. Nice. If anyone wants to get in contact with you regarding your HMO days, how would they get in contact with you? Yeah, yeah, great question. Inquiries at nowrooms.co.uk. Inquiries Perfect. at nowrooms.co.uk. And then, uh, yeah, so that's the Liverpool HMO day. And then we do, we do a one-to-one consultancy, which is basically a bespoke HMO training day, but it's just for half a day. Uh, so yeah. we can do that as well. Um, and we, we used to do like property appraisals and all that sort of thing. But the, I mean, the time and energy that went into doing a property appraisal for, for investors who quite frankly, like yourselves, most of the time we're not actually going to buy anything anyway, because yeah, one, the, the, the thing is right now rooms, Liverpool is first and foremost is now always has been always will be. HMO management. Yeah. That, that's our core focus as a, as a business model. That is what we do. So uh, it's not who we are because who we are is, is a company building a community, but what we do is manage HMOs. So yeah. we, we, we didn't really see the value in doing an appraisal, one appraisal for one investor here or there. It just wasn't, wasn't worth our, our energy. But if we can bring in, sort of eight to 10 investors and spend a day with them. And then, you know, two or three, four of them go off and, and end up becoming our landlords and, and not only our landlords, but our landlords with the best performing properties in our portfolio. Well, that, that was the objective. And that's, that's why we do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that's been great, Brett. Thanks very much for your time. Um, I I think me and Joe tend to say to people as as the favour me and Joe get on our journey. Hopefully, we'll have some some deals to go over with yourself in in the future. Maybe some stuff we can work together on as well. And um, yeah, yeah. As we as we all grow, sort of in the property market, potentially do a second second episode at some point as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I like you guys. Like I, I really do. I think I've, I've met you. I met you both. Well, how long have we known each other? Six, Twelve months. It's a couple of months now. Yeah, it was. It was the. Um, well, what where did we first meet you at? Toastmasters. Toastmasters. Where we first yeah, met you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah. was last summer. Yeah, yeah, it was ages ago. That. <laughs> So there you go. I mean, you never know yeah. who you're going to meet and where you're going to meet them. In the, that's where I met Sean in Toastmasters, my business partner. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In that same same Toastmasters, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, like like I say, I like you guys. You know, you got good values, and I think um, I love what you're doing here with the podcast. I think this is brilliant. Um, I'm always I, I love networking, as you know, and I yeah. love uh, I love helping people as much as I've kind of um, sort of been banging on about um, you know the, the new investors kind of having false hopes like i i don't want to come across as like i don't want to help people and, and particularly yeah. help people who are starting out that's not it at all that's not it i want yeah. to help people um i did it just it just really really sort of uh, i don't know it, it's hard to see like so many people who are just severely um misunderstanding what what's actually realistic and what's not and it's i think it's no, no reflection on the individual it's more so what they've been led to believe so yeah um, I, I do want to help people I want to help people as much as I can because only four years ago I was new to Liverpool so um, you know and I, and I know now that I'm in a position to to be able to give give people a lot of well a lot of great advice about the HMO market specifically because I'm not I don't claim to be an expert on everything but I'm very confident on my knowledge and experience about Liverpool HMO market so um, yeah, more than happy to help anyone I can. And like like you said, yeah, definitely have a have another uh, podcast. Podcast, yeah, yeah, that that'll be great, Brett. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Brett. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thank you, All guys. Right. Thanks for having me. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin Taylor and Joe McCarthy, sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness. 